the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. My name is Rhody Fisher. I want to thank Greg Maxwell for being on, I think this is going to be your third show. Yeah, thank you. Um, Thank you and welcome. Now, the first two shows that you did, and I want to remind the the viewers, if you want to go back to episode 45, um, you can go to YouTube or or any one of our um, our, podcasts. Podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're on all the different podcast mm-hmm. pa- podcast platforms. Say that three times fast. Um, and so he was on episode forty-five. He was also on episode sixty-six. And now this episode, we've been talking about Mormonism, mm-hmm. and we want to stick with the truth. And where is the truth? Right here in this Bible. And we're using this Bible, knowing that the Mormons use the Bible too. They use the King James Version, and so we're going to use the King James Version also to, to speak about the truth that's in the Bible versus what the Mormons are saying. And we, we want to clarify this, very make it very clear with every viewer that's here listening or watching this. We, we do not hate the Mormons. We actually love the Mormons. Uh, what more can we do for the Mormons but to love them into the kingdom of God? And and the, this is the truth here, the Bible. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. So our yardstick or standard, if you will, is is the Bible. And we are using the King James because that's what the Mormons used to. So let's go ahead and um, let's just call this the third um, expose on on Mormonism. All right. Okay. All right. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a a privilege to go ahead and be on your uh, roadie, and uh, I really appreciate it. Okay. Just being able to uh, share uh, what I've learned, uh, you know, from reading the the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Great Price, looking at uh, Mormon history, uh, collecting books. I uh, I showed you my library. I have a very extensive library. I have about 8,000 books in my library, and I have uh, books dating back to the time of the patriarchs, Joseph Smith, uh, Brigham Young, uh, Joseph Smith and Heron Smith when they were alive. I have an actual Book of Mormons uh, when they were alive, uh, early Doctrine of Covenants, first edition, Pearl Great Price. So I just really did a lot of research and studying, and, uh, you know, uh, so... uh, and, and I, I think you mentioned yesterday or the other day that curiosity really got you involved, and and friends that that had a background in in Mormonism um, got you involved in in doing so much research and studying, and and so you've been doing this for uh, like college age, right? Well, probably yeah, right around there, maybe before that, about thirty years. And uh, wow. I had a, a friend; his father was a bishop, and. He went ahead and he gave me a lesson plan and he talked to me and he showed me the Book of Mormon and he asked me to pray on it. And I know I don't pray to see if something's true, so I wanted to investigate it. And I went ahead and investigated and read. And I read some books that were favorable towards Mormonism and some that weren't. The ones that weren't, I just said, oh, these people just have an axe to grind. They're just upset. They're apostates or they've been excommunicated. So I... But they gave reasons why. So I went and 
sought those books. You know, I went online and saw them. I drove all the way out to Utah and went to rare Mormon bookstores and bought these rare books. A lot of them are really hard to get now. And I went ahead and seen that, you know what, what they're saying was true. So uh, I seen, you know, that it was true and I didn't want to go ahead and, you know, the information I had uh, attacked my friends who were Mormons because I learned no one cares how much you know till they see how much you care. And I wanted them to see the love and just say, well, look what's being said here and look what the Bible's being said. You know, And then there's a scripture in Matthew 7, uh, uh, it's about 21 through about 23, and it talks about a tree. And Jesus talked, he gave a parable about the tree. He said, if the root's bad, then the foundation, then the whole foundation's bad, and the tree's going to be bad, and the fruits are going to be bad. So the foundation of the Mormon church is going to be the first vision. And then uh, in 1820, where Joseph Smith supposedly seen God the Father and God the Son, and that's in the Pearl of Great Price. And then also in the Pearl of Great Price, uh, Joseph Smith went ahead and mentioned that Moroni went ahead and appeared to him and uh, uh, directed them towards some golden plates. And uh, so the whole foundation is based on Joseph Smith and his first vision and uh, him as a person and whether he's a prophet. If he's a true prophet, then then everyone needs to go ahead and repent and accept uh, the message of the Book of Mormon as actually being another testament of Jesus Christ. But if it's if the Book of Mormon is false and not a true testament of Jesus Christ, then we have a duty to go ahead and share with our Mormon friends uh, the truth. And, uh, so, so have you found that there is some truth in the Book of Mormons and some things that didn't pan out? Yeah, I found some things. I mean, you know, uh, one I had a, a senior missionary, he asked me about, uh, one time, he said, tell me in the Book of Mormon what, what you like. I said, all right, yeah, I'll tell you. So he was shocked. I've I, I read the Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants and Pro Great Price without opening up my Book of Mormon, which I have right here. And uh, for those watching, I have a, a, a triple combination in the quad, too. Uh, in Third Nephi 19, 16 through 18, the Nephite apostles went ahead and they uh, knelt down and they went ahead and prayed to Jesus. So I asked the senior missionary with the two sister missionaries who were there. I said, how come you don't pray to Jesus correctly? And address your prayers directly to him. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, Jesus says you can pray to him. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, you can go ahead and pray to him. Uh, Acts 7, 55 through 60, you had Stephen go ahead and call in the name of Jesus. And he went ahead and prayed to him. So the Jesus of the Bible, you can go ahead and pray. He, he said that you could pray to him. So. And so what was his answer? Why weren't they praying directly to Jesus? Well, they've been taught that you pray through him. And you pray through him to the Father, but you don't direct your prayers to him. But uh, we as Christians, we see that uh, the, the model that's given in the uh, Bible is that uh, you can go ahead. And Jesus said you can communicate to him and go ahead and pray to him. Uh, John fourteen fourteen is another scripture also. So. Okay. So what subjects are we going to cover today? Uh, well, we're going to talk about Joseph Smith, and because he's the foundation of the Mormon church. Okay. And, we're, and I'm going to talk about some topics that, or things that he went ahead and said, uh, how he found the Book of Mormon. Uh, so uh, uh, focused around there with okay. Joseph Smith. Okay. So, uh, and then I have this right here for those people who don't know who Joseph Smith is. This is a, a picture of Joseph Smith. And he was born in, uh, in uh, 1805, and then he was killed in 1844. And he's the founder of, uh, of uh, Mormonism. And before I go ahead and begin, uh, if there's any LDS reading this, I'd like to go ahead and share the scripture with him. Okay. All right, it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 3, verse 11 and 12. And I'm reading from... Uh, the King James Version that's put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I, I have my personal Bible, the Holman, that I'll reference that, but uh, this verse is going to come out uh, again out of the King James. So it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses uh, 11 and 12. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct your way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase in abounding love towards one another, and towards all men, even as we do towards you. So I want to tell you, if you're a Mormon or you're thinking about studying to be a Mormon, I just want to tell you that I love you. 
And I'm not here to go ahead and attack or tear down your faith or anything like that. But I want to share the truth. And you have the right to go ahead and know the truth. You know, uh, in, my, in the last show, I was just saddened when I read the Book of Mormon in First Nephi uh, 14, 9 through 10, where it talked about Christianity being the, uh, the church of the devil and that its founder was the devil and the church of the Lamb was uh, the, the Latter-day Saints. And then also in the first vision, where supposedly God the Father went ahead and talked about all the uh, churches being corrupt, all the Christianity being corrupt, that they draw to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far, far from from him. So uh, the Bible tells us in Jude 3 uh, to go ahead and contend for the faith. And 1 Peter 3.15, it says to sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always give a defense. And in the Greek, it means with gentleness and kindness. So I want to... I, when I share with my friends who are LDS or I've talked to missionaries or a stake president or uh, senior missionaries or anybody from Fair Farms, which I've talked to, uh, I want them to see the love of God in me. And I want them to also know that in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says to trust in the Lord God with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So it's not our heart that directs our path. But it's uh, the Word of God. And any later revelation that comes, which is the Book of Mormon, has to be tested by former revelation. The Holy Ghost will never contradict the Holy Ghost. So, uh, so that's the foundation to go ahead and see whether the Book of Mormon adheres and, uh, and what Joseph Smith said to the Bible. You know, that is a really good point, um, Greg, in that when you take a look at the New Testament um, and the Old Testament side by side, they link up so beautifully. Yes. Nothing contradicts each other. Everything just fits like a glove. And that's what you would expect from another testament. Although, you know, it does say in Revelation, if you add to this book, um, you know, you shouldn't be adding to the book. But let's just say that this was added and everything lined up. That would be great. But it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, in the last show, I just went ahead and talked about how the uh, the person of Christ, that the Jesus of the Bible, couldn't be the Jesus of the Book of Mormon. Uh, just his birthplace in Alma 710, and the Book of Mormon is in Jerusalem. In the Bible, Matthew 2, 1, it's in uh, Bethlehem. Uh, also, uh, I didn't mention this though, but in Second Nephi chapter ten, verses five through eight, it's a prophecy that Nephi the apostle gave, and he said that Jerusalem will not become a nation until they put faith in Jesus Christ and they admit that He's their Messiah. Well, they became a nation in 1948, yeah. so uh, that's a false prophecy that's given. Is that still in Nephi? That's it. That's in 2 Nephi uh, chapter 10, verses 5 through 8, and it's also in uh, 2 Nephi chapter 6 through 11. Oh, so. okay. interesting. And see, these are the kinds of things that, um, when you take a look at the New Testament and, and, and line them up with the Old Testament, the Old Testament talks about Jesus coming. Now, you know, you, you, you didn't even, you maybe didn't remember this, but the, the prophecies in the Old Testament, speaking of where Jesus was going to come from, doesn't say he's going to be coming, what was the name of that? Yeah, it's, it's Micah 5.2, where you have the prophet went ahead and mentioned 500 years before uh, the coming of, of uh, Jesus, before he was born, right. that he would be born in Bethlehem. So, again, you have another prophecy. So, uh, really... The Bible gives us a test to go ahead and test a prophet. And it's in, in the last show, I, we looked at the scriptures. I'll just go ahead and reference them again. In Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22, God told Moses that if anybody comes and speaks something, if the thing that they speak does not come to pass, that they spoke in my name, then they're a false prophet. And then in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5, it says, if a seer or a prophet says something, and that thing, that prophecy does come true, but they teach on different gods, then God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God, but you should forsake that prophet. In fact, in both, uh, both instances there, it says in, in the Old Testament times, that prophet is supposed to be put to death. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I have something I'd like to read to you. Sure, All right. Do. 
This is from the 10th president of the Mormon Church. It's Doctrines of Salvation, and it's page 108, 188. So Doctrines of Salvation, page 188. And uh, Joseph Fielding Smith went ahead and said this. Now, now, this, who, who wrote this book? This is one of the prophets of the uh, Mormon Church. Okay. So it's Joseph Fielding Smith, and he's a, a relative of Joseph Smith that came much later. He's okay. like a great-great-nephew. Uh, the church stands or falls with Joseph Smith. Mormonism, as it is called, must stand or fall on the story of Joseph Smith. He was either a prophet of God, divinely called, properly appointed, and commissioned, or he was one of the biggest frauds this world has ever seen. There is no middle ground. If Joseph Smith was a deceiver, he willfully attempted to mislead the people, then he should be exposed. His claims should be refuted, and his doctrines should be shown to be false, for the doctrines of an imposter cannot be made to harmonize with all particulars of divine truth. If his claims and declarations were built upon fraud and deceit, there would appear to be many errors and contradictions, which would be easy to detect. The doctrines of a false teacher will not stand the test when tried by the accepted standards of measurement, the scriptures. And I, I think that's very important, Rodi. So the, the standard to go ahead and determine whether Joseph Smith is a prophet of God would go ahead and be the scriptures. Not praying to go ahead and see if he's a true prophet. Uh, but going back, looking at what Joseph Smith said and what does the Bible say, are they in harmony? If they're not in harmony, then Joseph Smith has to be forsaken. But if what he's saying is in harmony, then everyone in the world needs to repent and accept him as a true prophet of God. So I went ahead, as I told you, I started looking deeply into what Joseph Smith said and what, what his actions were. Uh, another thing that I'd like to bring up to you, this is one of the early Mormon ap uh, apostles named Orson Pratt. He was one of the original uh, apostles, and this is a book called The Seer, and this is a facsimile of it. I have the original book, but I'm using the facsimile. And this is uh, written in 1853. And he went ahead and said this. If we cannot convince you by reason or by word of God that our religion is wrong, we will not persecute you, but will sustain you in your privilege and guarantee you in the great charter of American liberty. We ask from you the same generosity. Protect us. In the exercise of our religious rights and freedom, convincive of, of our heirs and doctrines, and if, and if we have any, by reason, by logical arguments, and by the word of God, and we will be ever grateful for the information, we will ever have the pleasing ref reflection that you have been an instrument in the hands of God, redeeming your fellow beings from the darkness which may, they may see, develop, enveloping their minds, come, let us reason together. So, in other words, again, uh, looking at scriptures, and if there's any errors or anything like that, uh, with gentleness and kindness, go ahead and share. And expose it. And expose it. Okay. Wow. Okay, so it's clear that their, their stand is, they're believing that they're, they're, they're standing for the truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if you find any errors, we're, we're, they're, they're saying in their own documents... Yeah that we should expose that. Yeah, and it's not like a little minor error or something like really small or anything like this. This is going to be major. So if, if you're a Mormon and you're watching this, I'm not asking you to believe what I'm saying or Rody. Be like a child, pick up the scriptures, read the word of God, but also the reference material, the books. You can get these books online. You can go to Deseret. You can go to Ensign Books. You can go to bookstores and get the books, or you can go ahead and go online, if it's a rarer book, and go ahead and look up the material, or go to LDS.org, the church uh, uh, website, and look at this stuff for yourself. So I'm not asking you to go ahead and trust me, though, but look at it as I went ahead and looked at it. So I had uh, many things that went ahead and bothered me. you know. And I've talked to missionaries about Like I said, I talked to stake pre a stake president. I, I talked to people from... Mormon apologetical groups like far, farms and fair. So I've talked to many people and many, many missionaries. Now, give us another example of things that you found to be um, directly shaking the foundation of their belief. All righty. Uh, 
I like I have what's called a, a triple combination. It's pretty beat up, but the triple combination would be the the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl Great Price. Uh, quad would go ahead and just have uh, the the Holy Bible on there also. Oh, so, I see. Okay. So anyway, I'm just using the quad. And uh, in the Doctrine and Covenants, I'll go ahead and read it. It's Doctrine and Covenants section 137. And these are revelations with Joseph Smith said the Mormon God went ahead and gave them. So, uh, now, is this part of the Book of Mormon? or This is uh, the Book of Mormon is uh, supposed to be revelation. It's supposed to be ancient plates that, uh, that recorded uh, uh, the coming of Jesus when he came to America. Uh, also, the story of the Nephites, Lamanites, when there's a, a migration that went ahead and happened, when the temple went ahead and fell in 586 B.C., and then even before that, you had the, the Tyre of Babel with the Jaredites and stuff. So it's supposed to be history of what happened in America with uh, ancient Jews and stuff like that. So uh, the Doctrine of Covenants is just revelations that we're giving uh, by the prophets, Joseph Smith and other prophets, mainly Joseph Smith, and it's just an additional book. And then uh, additional part of scripture would be uh, the Pearl of Great Price. Okay. All right. So in the Doctrine of Covenants, section 137, it says this, and uh, search these commandments for they are true and faithful, and the prophecies and promises which are in them shall be uh, fulfilled. So I went ahead, I said, all right, so there's... So this is telling me that I can go ahead and search the commandments in here. I can search the prophecies and promises, and they'll be fulfilled. Well, I went ahead, uh, Roby, I found something that was fulfilled and did come true. And it's, uh, I'd like to share it with okay. you and share it with your audience. Okay. It's Doctrine and Covenants section 3, verses 3 and 4. And this is a revelation that was given to Joseph Smith in July of 1828. And it says this, remember, remember, that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. For although a man may have many revelations and the power to do many mighty works, if he boasts in his own strength and sets not the counsels of God and falls after the dictates of his own will and cardinal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. So what's Joseph Smith is being told here, what he's saying is, is a man can go ahead and have many revelations, but if he boasts of his own strength and his own cardinal desires, then the vengeance of God will be upon him. Okay. And I went ahead, search, and I like to go ahead and share something with you and with your audience that Joseph Smith went ahead and said. And and this was a testimony that Joseph Smith was giving. So a testimony means that son inspired by the Holy Ghost. And as not, I'm just giving my opinion. No, he's given a testimony. And uh, this is a book called History of the Church. Okay. All right. I bought this at uh, Deseret Bookstore. So I'm not using anti-Mormon books or anything like that or books where people hate Mormons. This is a church book. It's a, a history book. And... Uh, and records uh, the words of Joseph Smith, and it was written by George Albert Smith, who records, and I believe he was uh, one of the uh, apostles also. He was an apostle. I believe he was a prophet. I'm not certain. But he said this on page 408 and 409. First, let me give the historical context. Joseph Smith was being persecuted. He was being persecuted. People were writing affidavits against him. People were attacking him. And he was being persecuted. Joseph Smith was being persecuted. So Joseph Smith went ahead, and it says this on page 408, addresses to other prophet and his testimony against the dissenters at Nauvoo. Joseph Smith went ahead and read uh, the 11th chapter of, uh, of Corinthians, and he says this, My object is to let you know that I'm right here in the spot where I intend to go ahead and stay. I, like Paul, had been in perils and oftener than anyone in this generation. Then I'm going to skip down. He says this, If they want a beardless boy to whip all the world, I will get up on top of the mountain and crow like a rooster. I, will, I shall always beat them. When the facts are proved, truth and innocence will prevail at last. My enemies are no philosophers. They think that when they have, they have uh, spoke under, they will keep me down. But for fools, I will hold on and fly over them. And three weeks ago, I talked to two Mormon missionaries in the city of Anaheim, California, and we read the Doctrine and Covenants there, the two scriptures. And then I shared this information with them. 
But I, what I said was, I said, if my pastor, if I invite you, I go to a Calvary Chapel in the city of Dunbar, if my pastor was there, and my pastor went ahead and said he did more than anybody in the Bible, including Jesus Christ, and then after he said that in his sermon, he went ahead and said that if I take all, all of you here, there's like about almost 3,000 people. If we all go to heaven, fine, if we ascend to heaven. But if we were to go to heaven, go to hell, we're going to go ahead. If I go to hell and you, you all come to hell with me, we're going to go ahead kick the demons out, the devil out, and we're going to go ahead to make hell into a heaven. In other words, you're going to be partying. I said, elders, how would you feel about that? And I said, you're not going to get me upset or anything, but our love and concern for me, how would you explain that to me? So they went ahead and said that, well, that wouldn't be right. And I said, yeah. But you would tell me our love and concern, not to judge me or anything. They said, yes. So I said, elders, I'd like to read something to you. So this is page 408, History of the Church, Volume 6. And I'm going to continue. This is on the bottom of page 408. God is in a still small voice, and all these affidavits, indictments, is all the devil. It's all corruption. Come on, all you per ye persecutors, all you false swears, all hell boil over, you burning mounds. Roll down your lava, for I will come out on top of last. last. And this is Joseph Smith speaking. I have more to boast of than ever any man had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days, page 4099, 409 now, of Adam. A large majority of the whole have stood by me, neither Paul, nor John, Peter, nor Jesus ever did it. Wow. I boast that no man has ever done such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. You know my daily walk and conversation. I'm in the bosom of a virtuous and good people. How I do love to hear the wolves howl. And, and there's more, but uh, I like to tell you what the responses were. I've had... Uh, uh, a bishop, I was out in uh, out Los Angeles, California one time, told me, ah, Joseph Smith was just that, you know, people make pun or they might just make a statement. You know, he said stuff, he is a man. I said, sir, this was his testimony. He was given a testimony, an oath, where he's supposed to be inspired by the Holy Ghost. And uh, and then the same missionaries I talked to two weeks ago, I asked, is the devil still here today? And they looked at me and said, of course he is. Well, Joseph Smith said this, continuing, when they can get rid of me, the devil will go also. And then I had some senior missionaries last summer. Uh, it was two of them, along with three missionaries. They were sitting down eating, and I read this to them. And so the ladies' missionary told me uh, that was copied correct incorrectly. Joseph Smith didn't say that. That was copied incorrectly. So I said, let me continue, madam. For the last three years, I have a record of all my acts and proceedings. For I've kept several good, faithful, and efficient clerks and constantly, constantly employed. They have accompanied me everywhere and carefully kept my history. They have written down what I have done, where I have been, and what I have said. Therefore, my enemies cannot charge me with any day, time, or place, but what I have written testimony to prove my actions and my enemies cannot prove anything against me. I said it was copied correctly. And so her response was to me, uh, thank you, you can go now. I said, uh, all right, thank you. So uh, the missionaries I talked to, I said that Joseph Smith made this boast in May of 1844, and he was killed a month later. So if a man goes ahead and has many revelations, and he boasts in his own strength, then the vengeance of God is upon him. Joseph Smith did not do more than Jesus Christ at all. Jesus was sinless. Uh, Proverbs uh, and Proverbs 14 and 16 talks about boasting, and it says that it is evil, and it is wrong. Joseph Smith was wrong. Well, there's a prophecy that came to pass. That... Yes. And uh, I'd like to continue. <laughs> this is Joseph Fielding Smith, another uh, book recording uh, what Joseph Smith went ahead and said. And you can, again, get this book at Ensign Books, or Deseret Books. And Joseph Smith made this statement. This is on page 316. Joseph Smith said, I see no faults in the church. Therefore, let me be resurrected with the saints. Whether I ascend to heaven or descend to hell or go any other place. And if we go to hell, 
we will turn the devils out of the doors and we will make a heaven out of it. So Joseph Smith went ahead and said that if we go to heaven, fine, but if we all go to hell and you go to hell with me, we're going to go ahead and make a heaven out of hell. And I asked the missionaries about that and there was no comment. No comment. I could see where one of the uh, missionaries, he kind of teared up and, you know, I was being real gentle when I shared, but I said, if my pastor was to said, said that, you told me that you would tell me and love it. He didn't do that. And I want to tell you that Joseph Smith can't book. There's no way where he can go ahead and be a prophet and boast that he did more in Jesus and then talk about going to hell. And if he takes people to hell, that he's going to kick people out. Because I know in Revelation 20, verse 11, that the devil's in the hell and the false prophet, and they're in there and they're screaming and hollering and, you know, uh, gnashing of teeth. Yeah, gnashing of teeth and stuff like that. So, and Joseph Smith's not no, more, more powerful than those beings at all. So, uh, and there's much more. So, well, bring it on. <laughs> all right. Uh, I have this right here. This is what's called, uh, it's the General Conference, and it's uh, Improvement Era. It's an older one, 1961. And, uh, and on here, during the General Conference, you have Joseph Fielding Smith. He was one of the Council of the Twelve, so he was one of the Twelve Apostles of the Church. He's bearing his testimony, and I won't go over the whole article, but it's on page 924 through 925. And just basically, he's saying under the inspiration of the, of, of the Holy Ghost, is that there's no changes in the Book of Mormon, and no contradictions at all in any of the additions. He says if there's any uh, errors, or just little minor errors, maybe like spelling errors, I said, all right, I could give that to him, but there's no major errors. And I, I don't want to go over the whole Book of Mormon, but Sandra Tanner, she listed 3,000 changes in the Book of Mormon. But I just want to go ahead and list two of them, which I think is important. So I'm going to give you the Book of Mormon right here. Okay. And... Uh, this is what's called the anniversary edition of the Book of Mormon. So it's a facsimile of the uh, 1830 Book of Mormon, and you can get that in Deseret. It's, so go to the front of the Book of Mormon, the title page there, mm -hmm. the very first page. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, and tell me what it says about Joseph Smith as far as, uh, it says he, I think it says he transcribed, right? Go ahead and uh, read right Translated here. by Joseph Smith. All right, so it says that Joseph Smith went ahead and translated the Book of Mormon. Well, look what it says right here, Rody. Um, it says, by Joseph Smith, Jr., author and proprietor. So I had Mormons tell me that, Joseph, that God is the author of the Book of Mormon, but the 1830 Book of Mormon says that Joseph Smith is the author of the Book of Mormon. Now, I've had missionaries tell me, well, you know, in order to go ahead and publish the Book of Mormon, it was... You know, the, the copyrights laws, he had to go ahead and say that he was an author. That's not true at all, because I have books that, for, that are from 1830 where you didn't have to list that you were the author or anything like that. And to go ahead and make my point, go to uh, the testimony of the three witnesses. Tell me if you see it there. Testimony of the three witnesses? Yes. I'm sorry, the testimony of the eight witnesses. The eight witnesses. Yeah, the testimony of the three witnesses is David Whitmer, Oliver Codry, and Martin Harris, and it reads basically the same in the 1830 edition as it does in the current edition. But I'm going to go ahead and read the testimony of the eight witnesses, and you just follow along with me. Okay. And we won't read the whole thing. We'll just maybe read like the, like the, maybe the first five sentences. All right. Also, the testimony of the eight witnesses, and on the bottom it lists Christian Whitmer, Jacob Whitmer, Peter Whitmer, John Whitmer, Heron Page, Joseph Smith Sr., Heron Smith, and Samuel H. Smith. All right, it reads the same, right? Right, right. there? Uh-huh. All right. Be it known unto all the world. I mean, excuse me. Be it known unto all nations, kindred, tongues, peoples, unto, unto whom this work shall come, that Joseph Smith Jr., the author and proprietor of this work has shown unto us the place which had been spoken. I must stop there. What does it say right there? It says that Joseph Smith, Jr., the translator of this work. So it's his translator, yes. and not author. So there's a big difference. He, If he's an author, that means it came from his imagination. So here it says that he's an author and proprietor, but they went ahead, they changed... 
the testimony of the eight witnesses. Do you, do you see any footnotes or anything where it says there that no, there's no place. So, and I don't know if you can zoom it up, but right there it says he's an author and proprietor uh, right here. And then right here it says that Joseph Smith is the author and proprietor, and it's been changed in the Book of Mormon. So if you're a Mormon, I would go ahead and ask you, is your testimony based on this book here, the 1830 Book of Mormon, or is it based here on the current edition Current edition of Book of Mormon. Here, Joseph Smith is a transcriber. Here's he's the author. So there's two different editions right here. So which one is true? All right. Okay. Well, you've made your point there. All right. Uh, and then something that's very important. Uh, if we can go to Amos three seven. Okay. Minor prophet. Yes. I always have trouble trying to find these little books. Yeah, it's, it's right <laughs> yeah. before o Obadiah. All right. Yeah, I found it. Here it goes. All righty. So the current prophet of the church is a gentleman named Russell M. Nelson. I believe he was a, a surgeon and stuff, well-educated and stuff. I've heard him speak before on TV, very nice man and stuff. So, uh, but uh, one thing that the missionaries and that the Mormon church, they have this foundation that they go to is Amos 3.7, and it reads this, Surely the, the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So in other words, if you don't have a prophet, how can your church go ahead and be true? Because God doesn't do anything unless he reveals it through his prophets. None of the churches today have a prophet, but we have a prophet, and our prophet is Joseph Smith, uh, excuse me, was Joseph Smith, but now it's Russell M. Nelson, who's a current prophet in the 21st century. Well, I have a problem, though, because that was in the Old Testament times where God spoke through the prophets. But let's go ahead and go to Hebrews chapter 1, Rodi. Hebrews chapter 1? Yes. Okay. Right, I just had it in my last, last Right after Titus? Yes. Oh, fighting with him. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, we know when you're there. Alrighty, uh, in Hebrews 1 1, it reads this way God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in the time past unto the fathers by these prophets, by the prophets, now verse 2 hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. So God used to speak to us by the prophets, but today he speaks by his son, Jesus Christ. So in Jeremiah 17, 5, it tells us, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Jeremiah 17, 9 says not to trust in our heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in God. I trust in the Lord Jesus. I trust what he goes ahead and says, not what any man goes ahead and says. You have Joseph Smith boasting that he went ahead and did more in Jesus, and Paul and John and Peter, and then he boasted about hell. Then we looked at right here where Joseph Smith went ahead, He, uh, uh, where he's an author of the Book of Mormon. Uh, I'd like to share something else with you I think you might find interesting. Uh, Joseph Smith went ahead and said this. This is uh, the Young Women's Journal, Susan Young Gates, church publication. I went ahead and I wrote the church, and you can write the church, and they told me it was a, a church publication. And this is what's said about Joseph Smith, and this is our original book. It's page 263, and it's entitled uh, Inhabitants of the Moon, and let me give you the date right here. The book Joseph Smith was dead, but they're recording what Joseph Smith said. This was written in 1892, and it says, Inhabitants of the moon, astronomers and philosophers have from time almost immemorial until very recently inserted that the moon was uninhabited, that it had no atmosphere, etc. But recent discoveries through the means of powerful telescopes have given scientists a, a, a doubt or two of. Upon the old theory, nearly all great discoveries of men in the last half century have in a way or another either directly or indirectly contributed to prove Joseph Smith to go ahead and be a prophet. So let's see where the proof is here. As far back as 1837, I know that he said the moon was inhabited by men and women the same as the earth, and that they lived to be a greater age than we do, and that they lived generally to, 
to a near age of a thousand years. Joseph Smith described this is Joseph Smith described he described the men and women averaging about six feet in height, dressing quite uninformally, something uh, like Quaker style. And, and my patriarchal blessing given by the father of Joseph the prophet in Kirkland, 1837, I was told that I should preach the gospel before, before I was 21 years of age, and that I should preach the gospel to the inhabitants of the islands of the sea, so, you know, people on earth, and then to the inhabitants of the moon, even the plant, you can now behold with your eyes. The first two promises have been fulfilled. The latter may be verified. From the verification of two promises, we reasonably expect the third to be fulfilled. So Joseph Smith said there was inhabitants on the moon, and that we could go ahead, and that uh, that uh, a patriarchal blessing that this person would go ahead and preach the gospel to him. Well, there's no inhabitants on the moon. We had several lunar uh, spaceships that went ahead and went there to show that there's no men on the moon or women dressed as Quakers or anything. So again, you have a false prophecy according to Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22 and Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5 with Joseph Smith. Another thing that I like to go ahead and share that I shared with missionaries was uh, I have an original here, Pearl of Great Price. So, uh, oops, that's my millennial star. So this is our original, and I'm holding it up here. The binding is now original, but this is our original Pearl of Great Price from 1851. And uh, let's see if I can find this. And I'd like to go ahead and share with you. Page 41, and I shared it with the missionaries uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, all right, I found what I want to go ahead and share. And then I'm going to find the same story here in the Pearl of Great Price. And just bear with me. Here we go. And then here, Joseph Smith is uh, it's talking about his testimony. And what I'm going to go ahead and do, I'm going to read here the original, I mean, the, you follow along with me, okay. and don't crack that book open, just have okay. it like that. And I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to read, and, and then you just follow along with me. While I was on the act of calling upon God, I discovered a light appearing in my room, which continued to increase until the room was lighter than at noonday. And when immediately a personage appeared at my bedside, standing in the air, for his feet did not touch the floor. Reads the same, right? Right. He had a loose robe, most exquisite whiteness. It was a whiteness beyond anything earthly I've ever seen, nor do I believe that any earthly thing could be made to appear so exceedingly white and brilliant. His hands were naked, and his arms also a little above his waist, and so were his feet naked, and, and were as were his legs a little above his ankles. His head and neck were also bare. I could discover that he had no other clothing on but his robe as it was open so that I could see unto his bosom. Not only was his robe exceedingly white, but his whole person was glorious beyond description. So he's describing uh, the angel up here. And his continuous truly like lightning. The room was exceedingly light, but not very bright, as immediately around his person. And I'm sorry, I'm reading from the Pearl of Great Price, Joseph Smith's history, starting at verse uh, 130. So now we're going to, uh, finishing up uh, verse 33. When I first looked upon him, I was afraid, but the fear soon left me. So everything's reading the same, right? Right. So the key here is verse 33. He called me by name and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me, and that his name was Moroni, and that God had a work for me to do, and that my name should be had for good and evil among all the nations, kindred tongues, and that it should be both good and evil spoken of among all the people. What's the problem? Um, you said Moroni? Yes. And right here it's clear that it says Nephi. Yes. So in the 1851 Book of Mormon, it was codified then. Joseph Smith was dead. But it said that it was the angel Nephi and not Moroni. So the whole story falls apart. So I've had people tell me that, well, you know, he wasn't living when that was written. Well, guess what? I have right here, Millennial Star, May 1842. Joseph Smith was the editor of this book. And in this book, Joseph Smith went ahead on page... 53 and, and 71, it shows here, if you look right here, and I looked upon him first, I was afraid, fear felt, 
and then he his name was Nephi. You see, it says Nephi right here. You see, I see it says Nephi. Yeah, so it says Nephi. I don't know if you can see it. I got my finger right there. You can zoom on it. It says Nephi. So Joseph Smith was alive, and this is 1842, and the angel was Nephi that went ahead and revealed the plates to him, not Moroni. And then, without even going to it, times and the seasons, Joseph Smith was alive. This is a facsimile of the book. In fact, Joseph Smith was the editor of this book. A millennial star, he wasn't, but he's the editor of this book. And on page 750, again, he goes ahead and says the angel is Nephi that went ahead and revealed the plates to him. So, all right. And it just goes, it shows that the whole story that there's a problem. I think we have about five more minutes Alrighty. before I need to take over. Um, okay, I'm going to give you um, a, a few more minutes. All right. I'd like for you, is that hat of any consequence? Yes, the hat is. I have to get out of the screen right here. Uh, the point that I wanted to bring up real quickly, if you're a saint, J Joseph Smith, when he went ahead, and you can ask any missionary on this, uh, when Martin Harris went ahead, he had the first 116 pages of the Book of Mormon. It was lost, and when it was lost uh, uh, by him, Joseph Smith claimed that he had the Urim and Thummim glasses, and that he went ahead and had uh, had the plates, uh, the ancient plates. But when it was lost, this book tells you right here, Joseph Smith's papers, Revelations and Translations, and this is... Volume 3, Part 1, that Joseph Smith went ahead, he had a, a seer stone, he had a rock, Moroni went ahead, he took the plates, he went ahead and took the, uh, he took also the, uh, took the plates, took the Urim and Thummim, Joseph Smith had a seer stone, he went ahead, put it, in, put it into a hat, he put his face close to the hat, and that's how he... We couldn't hear you when you had your face right. in it. When Joseph Smith went ahead... And translated the Book of Mormon, he put the rock into the hat, he put his face to the hat to block out the light. The rock would go ahead and illuminate like parchment, and he found the, the Book of Mormon that way. This book goes ahead, shows the actual seer stone right here, and it relates the story where Joseph Smith went ahead. And uh, here it goes right here. Here it goes right here. So here's the rock right here. Uh, Martin Harris, in this book, mentions that Joseph Smith uh, had a seer stone. David Whitmer mentions that Joseph Smith had a seer stone. And Emma Smith, in this book, mentions that Joseph Smith had a seer stone. But what I found interesting in Doctrine and Covenants, section 28, verse 11, it says that a seer stone is of the devil. And I asked, the, but why is it okay for Joseph Smith to have a seer stone? And real quickly, I asked the missionaries, I said, see it from my point of view. If someone had the, the Bible in Deuteronomy 18, uh, 9 through 14 talks about divination and spiritism and witchcraft, and it says it's evil and wrong. So uh, why is it okay for Joseph Smith to go ahead and use divination? I told the missionaries, it's like if someone had a Ouija board, and then they get a message from a Ouija board or a crystal ball, you're going you're gonna to say it's wrong. But why is it okay for Joseph Smith to go ahead and use divination and use a rock to go ahead and translate the, the Book of Mormon? What it had. This was a gift and the power of God. Wow. Wow. Okay, I, I want to make sure that we we talk to the people that are listening to the show. Um, we really mean no harm. We want to speak the truth in love. If I were to be a follower of Jesus Christ of the Bible, and someone wanted to point out some errors in here that would shake my world, I would be so grateful for someone to show me that in love. And really, um, we're, we're trying to do the same thing. The Bible tells us that if there's any other words that come after Revelation, you'll read that in Revelation, um, that we need to test it with the Bible. The Bible is our standard. And there are several things that even their own, the Mormons' own documents are showing changes that prophecies that did not happen, didn't happen correctly, um, said that they were going to. We, we want to we give you the truth. And so if you're out there and you're part of the LDS Church and you're, you've, you've heard some things that um, 
that ring true to you because we've opened up the truth to you. Please don't take our word for it. Please yes. don't take Greg's word for yes. it. Please look these things, go backwards on the tape, look at the, the works that have come out of the Mormon church and look it up yourself. Um, see what the truth says here in your word. Um, that's all we're asking you to do. And for those of you that have never accepted Jesus as your Savior and would like to do that right now, I would like to lead you in a very simple sinner's prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart, asking him to wipe away your sins because he paid for your sins and mine on the cross of Calvary. And we know that on the third day, it says right here in this word, that on the third day he rose again, 40 days later, he went up bodily into heaven to prepare a place for us, as well as to be with the Father. We're serving a triune God here, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons in one. Um, and we're asking you, if you would like to say the sinner's prayer with us and invite Jesus into your heart, follow me in this very simple prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you that that tomb where you were buried is now empty because you rose from the dead on the third day for my sins and everyone else's. I accept you into my heart to ask you to wipe my sins as white as snow, clean my heart as white as snow. Today is the day I'd like to follow you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have said that prayer and mean it with your heart, let us know. You can go to my website, On The Road, R-H-O-D-E, with Jesus, and leave me an email there and let me know that you've committed um, yourself to follow Jesus for the rest of your days. Or you can call me at 951-817-0094 and leave a message. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.